0: Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG, Quantity Surveyors and Tax Appreciation Super Nerd. Today, I've got a very special guest for you, a rather polarising figure in the property investment landscape, as this is a man that believes that you can empower yourself with education to understand and complete the property investing purchasing process process and building a portfolio yourself. He runs one of the largest property investing Facebook groups, has a big Facebook channel and YouTube channel and also has an online course teaching property investors how to be successful in property investment. We have a chat today to PK Gupta to get him to explain why he thinks you can get this done without a buyer's agent, what's the difference between a good and a bad one and some of the pitfalls for people that are wanting to go on this journey by themselves. Here's PK. PK Gupta, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Hey Mike,
1: really good to be here.
0: Now I've uh, been excited about this particular one because I suppose in in some circles you're a polarizing character, right? Because there's kind of some competing interests with buyers agents that have the idea that you know they're the final word on investing in property, whereas you're saying that individuals can do it as well. You know, typically in your experience, what, what is the sort of the hesitation hesitation with working with buyers' agents? Is it just the fact that, you know, they, they work so hard to gather a deposit that, you know, adding the buyers' agent fee on top as well, they're not necessarily seeing the value of that?
1: Look, I think that buyers' agents have a place in the world. An analogy that I often use is that, you know, there are people that love to garden. Um, there are people who don't really like to garden, but, you know, happy to do it anyway. And then there are other people who are like, hate gardening and will outsource it to a landscaper or gardener. Um, I think buying property is much the same. You know, there are people who love to buy property themselves, DIY, and they should do it by themselves. There are people who, you know, are kind of ambivalent. They're like, property is just a vehicle to make money, um, you know, don't love it, but happy to roll up my sleeves and do it, um, and they do it DIY. And then there are people who are like, I, I like investing in property, but I couldn't care less about actually doing the work. And yeah. those people should go and use a buyer's agent, a good one, that is, yeah. my bugbear or my quote-unquote beef is where most of the property content around Australia, at least, is, you know, podcasts and YouTube and this and that, is dominated by buyer's agents and the rhetoric that you must use a buyer's agent if you want a safe and secure good deal. And they often compare themselves, for better or worse, to like an electrician or a surgeon. You know, they're professionals. Yes, they are professionals yep. and that you have to use them. I compare them more as a, a gardener because most people do their lawns themselves and most people, 95% of people in Australia, buy property themselves.
0: Yep. I can see some interesting stuff in the comments already with you calling them a gardener. <laughs> love but you
1: guys. You, Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: you, you know, you make a good point. I mean, you, you can't, I, I'm sure that there's a law to say that you can't do your own surgery, or at least you can't charge a fee to do surgery on somebody else, right? Because it's a, it's a public health issue. It's dangerous. You can actually kill somebody. It's not the same level with a property. You can kill your financial future by getting it wrong. Um, but you know, just using a buyer's agent isn't a guarantee that you're you're going to get it right, right? Because they're all, not all created equal. So the, the topic of this is, is really, you know, how can you purchase a property without a buyer's agent? So could you kind of walk us through the process for someone that kind of thinks, look, I, I'm really interested. I want to have a go at this myself. I'm prepared to risk the fact that maybe there's a buyer's agent that could do better than me. What do they need to know and understand as through, through going through that buying process?
1: Yeah, sure. And just cut me off, Mike, as well, if, if, um, if there's anything worth deep diving. But I really feel that especially brand new property investors, um, there's like this in, in property in Australia, there's like this facade. You almost think that I know nothing. And then everyone on the other side of the fence knows everything. And there's secrets and there's, you know, these amazing t- trips and tricks where people are retiring in 10 years and and it's very easy to come across like that, but that's really not the case and anyone can do it. So just at the start, you know, first of all, strategy. Strategy really means, and just buy and hold property investing at least, you know, like how many properties do I need over a certain time period? What will my m- borrowing capacity allow in terms of frequency of those purchases? What's the realistic timing, yield, purchase price of those purchases? A true portfolio strategy to say, not just a whimsical 10 properties in 10 years, but you know what? Like, I reckon. I can get five properties in the next 16 years. And if I then hold them for another X years, I can retire with 80K passive income or yeah. whatever the, that number is. Now, a buyer's agent can do that, but 99% of them don't do that. That's not even part of the remit. Okay, so that's something else that you need to do yourself anyway, with a good accountant and with a good mortgage broker. That's the sort of trio. So that's where you start a strategy. And then it comes down to, all right, well, my first property, I've got a budget of, let's say, $400,000, $500,000. Where should I buy? Now, in this day and age, like I'd forgive you maybe 10 years ago for saying I have no idea, but this day and age, there's so much data out there and it's actually not so difficult to figure out where to buy. You don't need a course either. Like really speaking, if you're motivated, you can do this yourself. You know, you look at data like stock on market to understand the supply side, building approvals to understand the supply side, days on market to understand the demand side, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And there's great free websites out there as well that give you the data. And, you know, just a bit of learning will get you there. Um and so that's all about suburb selection, all right? And then you can talk about the suburb with local agents who may or may not tell you the truth, but local property managers will tell you the truth because they have no incentive to sell you a property. So, I mean, I'm just summarizing here. Of course, there's a depth of data analysis that's that's valuable, but that's the sort of where to buy. And then people get hung up on, you know, I live in Sydney or Melbourne. I can't afford Sydney or Melbourne, I need to buy in Brisbane or Perth or regional Queensland, how am I ever going to buy there without a buyer's agent? I can't catch flights every Saturday or every Sunday or what have you. Well, what you can do is that once you've identified the suburb and you've identified the right pockets or streets, looking at things like flood maps, bushfire zones, et cetera, et cetera, then you can engage a local property manager completely free of cost. You know, they don't charge anything and they will do your inspections for you. And this is the thing. Most buyers agents, at least national buyers agents, they do the same thing. Right, so they will also have local property managers that do their inspections for their clients on the buyer's agent's behalf. So just cut the middleman, go straight to the property manager, and if you find a good one, of course, in any industry, good and bad people, if you find a good one, they're going to give you that level of due diligence, you know, drainage issues, cosmetic issues, are the bedrooms big enough? Is this area um, within the suburb, is this particular property going to have tenant appeal? Is there a housing commission nearby? They'll do all of that for free. And it's like kind of bewildering. Like, why would someone do what a buyer's agent charges 10 or 15 grand for? Why would they do it for free? Like, what's their carrot on the stick? They're carried on the stick is that you will give them the management of that property for the next 20 years or 10 yep. years, and so you might think, well, aren't they going to lie just to get that? Well, the truth comes out for them. Property managers with you, it's not a transaction because the truth will come out. With a buyer's agent, it's a transaction. So, so that's how you buy interstate. I mean, I can go on and on, uh, you know, throughout the the further parts of the process, Mike. But hopefully, that starts to illuminate it a bit. I think that's great, and 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 wh-
0: why I think property managers are going to be truthful, right, is, is yes, they want the management, right, but there are property managers that are selective about the managements that they take on, right? You know, we talk about the... rule you know maybe 80 percent of their revenue comes from the 20 easy properties because the other ones have to factor in the fact that they're always going back there and doing repairs or it's not uh, attracting the right quality of tenants so if it's something that they don't want in their portfolio they're going to kind of say this is going to be hard to rent you know as much as they might get leasing fees and that sort of stuff they want easy set and forget stuff right
1: that's right and look i just find that they are truly the local experts and then you know when you're buying into stay or remotely it's like it's really daunting you know this is like Four five hundred thousand dollars hard-earned money. You're not going to look at the place. You're not going to visit the place, you know, especially if you're brand new. You're probably thinking they're going to get trashed. A tenant's going to pay. How am I going to manage it if something goes wrong? Well, mm-hmm. how are you going to manage something even next door if something goes wrong? Right? It's the same thing. You're not going to go like take the tenant up by the collar against the wall. <laughs> you know you can't do that anyway. Yeah. So that's why you need a property manager, regardless if your property's next door or a thousand. 000- kilometers away and and they're really good people like property managers I feel in the real estate industry which has a really bad stigma for professionals I feel that property managers maybe except quantity surveyors Mike uh, property (laughs) managers are actually like trustworthy people (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we actually love uh, property managers. We started pamperapm.com.au so you can nominate property managers that are doing a great uh, job. It's property managers, not prime ministers. Um, <laughs> we don't <laughs> hate mail. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're, they're worth their weight in gold for a property investor. One thing that really stuck out for me in 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 the beginning of this interview is the importance of of the planning you know what are you trying to do what are your passive income goals now i'm sure that there are some um buyers agents that do that but certainly property investing i think in general is missing that that planning piece right we we tend to focus more on the hot spots rather than well, what am i actually trying to do how would you recommend somebody sort of sits down and thinks well what am i trying to build here The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well.
1: I think the the number one thing is to figure out your goals. Now that sounds like, I don't like saying that out loud either. Like it sounds very soft and yeah. wishy-washy. It's like, oh, I want to retire in five years. It's like good luck sort of thing, right? Like it's good to have goals, but what about how realistic they are? Start with goals. And then go to a really good mortgage broker who doesn't have any affiliation with any other companies and just will tell you as it is. And they'll tell you, hey, PK, like, mate, you only make 80K a year. Like, I know you want to retire on 200K in five years, but like, that's not possible. And what you'll instead need to do is find A first investment property for 400,000. Your next investment property will be six months later. Your next one is probably going to have to wait three years because your income is not going to rise. And so a true mortgage broker will build out a realistic plan. The, the area that I think. Uh, people get trapped in is where they go to a company and you know that company has a mortgage broker a buyer's agent an accountant a financial planner this and that and they're all just working in cahoots and kind of just yes men for the for the client so i think it's very important to speak to that mortgage broker and then validate whatever they're saying with your accountant you know is this possible for me based on my gross my net income what structures should i buy this in because if you buy in the wrong structure you could have bought seven properties now you can only buy three properties so like i said before that sort of golden triangle you know the accountant the mortgage broker and yourself this is the strategy team
0: yeah And when it comes through to the buying process, there are certain things that we hear buyers agents say all the time, and and things that I suppose we've maybe attacked on on this podcast before, and that's, okay, well, buyers agents have, you know, the relationships with the agents, we get access to to on markets, you know, there's a lot of talk about, uh, sorry, off markets, a lot of talk about off markets, but, you know, off-market doesn't necessarily mean bargain, right? It just means that it's not going to be on realestate.com. Are there any areas where you kind of see buyer's agents having a competitive advantage that the you know the, the the man or woman on the street, I suppose we can't say that anymore, the person on the street uh, doesn't have access to?
1: Yeah, the non-binary person on the street um, yeah, doesn't exactly. have access. Look, it's no, there's no doubt, you know, like if a buyer's agent has been buying in an area, Uh, for five years, look, they're going to be like better mates with the local agent than I or you could ever be like, that is a reality, but there's some downsides. A, why are they buying in the same area for five years? Right. If it's grown, then they should surely move on to another area. That's number one. The second thing is that oftentimes because they're so friendly with the local agents, they are not going to negotiate as hard as you or I could. You know, I'm happy to make a frenemy in the negotiation um, process. I'm happy to get like a ripper deal. The buyer's agent isn't going to push down, 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 down to the point where the real estate agent becomes frustrated and angry because that ruins that relationship and they need that relationship for the next hundred clients that they're going to buy in that suburb. So the negotiation, kind of ironically, in my experience and the experience of my clients, negotiation outcomes from a buyer's agents are actually inferior if you do it yourself, provided you know what you're doing, which can obviously right. be learned. And in terms of off market deals, like there's obviously great off market deals and terrible off market deals. There's been so many instances of buyers agents telling me actually about other buyers' agents who are maybe newer to the industry. They're like, Hey, I'm a real estate agent and Mike, you're a buyer's agent. I'm like, hey Mike, I've got this amazing property. I've saved it just for you. It's not on realestate.com. You know, if you if you have a client that can seal the deal tomorrow, you've got it. For five fifty, right? Yeah. I'm not going to list it. It's probably worth more. Okay, and the client buys it. The client is happy. Big five star review on Google. You as the buyer's agent are happy because you know you've just done another deal and you're best mates with the agent. Yet. I, as a real estate agent, I'm laughing with all my mates back at the office because that property is only worth 500 right? Yeah. So this is the problem with off-market deals. And if the client, the ultimate end client doesn't have that knowledge of true valuation, they can be taken for a ride. And the last thing, just to wrap up, is that anyone can buy off-market properties themselves. It's actually very easy. Just go to ratemyagent.com.au, find some top agents in the area develop a relationship, call them for 10 minutes every Monday for a few Mondays. Hey, how's your weekend? Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Just over the phone, um, just be a nice person, be yourself and just be, hey, look, I really want a property. I've got my pre-approval ready, ready to go. Um, you know, if this kind of can, you know, this criteria comes up, please shoot it through. Like I, I can get the deal done tomorrow. If you're nice and professional, there's no reason that they don't send it to you versus the buyer's agent. Yeah, Okay
0: when, when you, uh, you obviously have a, a course where you're educating people on on how to do this process them themselves, w- what do you see as, as some of the anxieties of the people that are kind of thinking oh this is you know this is outside my league or I- I'm not confident in doing this where are the areas that you think people are are rating themselves short in in the property purchasing process?
1: Yeah I think there's a few areas but one is like the whole team that you need you know like the one of the selling points of going to a buyer's agent is they're probably going to say hey you know, just relax. Um, we've got a quantity surveyor that will hook you up. We've got the property managers that will hook you up. We've got the accountant, we've got the mortgage broker, etc. cetera. But truth be told, like, you don't need to do my course to find a good team yourself. Like, you can just go on any Facebook group or property chat forum or anything. And you can build a great team yourself that doesn't have these internal kickbacks and commission fee structures and and things like that. So, in fact, I would prefer that even if you use a buyer's agent, maybe don't use their other parts of their team. Use your own people that you can trust. That's one thing that kind of holds people back. The other... One that holds people back is when they want to buy interstate and they can't manually visit that property. We've talked about that, how property managers can be leaned upon and are trustworthy. And actually, they're really nice people. They actually care. You know, they'll actually care about you and your property. Um, and the other thing that kind of holds people back is suburb selection. Like everyone knows that, you know, probably 70, 80% of the heavy list lifting and capital growth occurs due to suburb selection. And so people are like, all right, I'm sitting in Sydney, I'm sitting in Melbourne, I want to buy in Perth, but I have no idea, wish I had buy in Perth, let me hand over 15k to a buyer's agent, because they have the magic tricks, you know, they know exactly where to buy in Perth. Well, reality is, like, there is no one who knows perfectly where a suburb will boom. Like, I've trained about 75 buyer's agents, I have more than a 1000 clients who have also used buyer's agents in the past, I privy to their portfolios. You know, it's like different buyers agents are buying in different parts of birth, different buyers agents are buying in different parts of Adelaide, et cetera, et cetera. So it all comes down to using data and being confident in your decision and being able to verify that because, you know, there's not like a secret that's on the other side of the fence. There's just data which anyone can access. And if you can, you know, happy to learn, you can actually do the suburb selection analysis yourself.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, as you say, the data, the data is out there, um, and it's the same data that a lot of um, the buyers agents are are looking at. Can can we wrap up the interview with your three top tips? If someone is saying, look. I'm committed, I want to purchase the next property by myself or my first property by myself. What are, say, the three most important things that they need to consider if they're going out there on their own and they don't have a buyer's agent to lean on or or an advisor that's coaching them through it?
1: Yeah, look, I think the first thing that they should do is become educated with free resources. Like, Even before you consider like a course or a program or a mentorship thing, at least get free education on YouTube, on podcasts like this, on Facebook forums, etc., I see that so many people are really overwhelmed by all of the information and misinformation out there. And then they're like, oh, my God, I'm just going to go with this person. I just don't want to think about it anymore. Like, this is your financial future. You do have to invest in the six inches between your two ears because no one really cares about your money as much as you do. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is to take it slow, right? Like, there's no points for getting a property tomorrow. There's no points for getting your first offer accepted especially in the market right now like it's not growing by 20 percent a day anymore right yeah. you yeah. can take it slow you, you start today you buy a property in three months that's okay and in that three months you'll build mm-hmm. confidence mm-hmm. and probably the third thing that i'll say is that you you know you can't probably achieve what the marketing brochures say that you can achieve in that time frame. So pair back your expectations on property investing. You can achieve those goals, but it actually requires hard work. It actually requires a long period of time. There's no such thing as, you know, get rich in 10 years, retire with a Lamborghini. Most people don't want that. They just want, you know, time with their friends and family but still that takes for the average person let's say on a household income of 100 to 200k that's still going to take 10 years plus. So think yeah. about it if you're going to be investing for the next 10, 15 20 years, do you really want to outsource every single time and pay 15k you know every single time it ends up being another deposit. so oh. you know, this is a long-term career it behooves everyone to, to actually be educated and take responsibility I think is my third piece of advice.
0: I think that's um, some great advice for, for anybody uh, that's looking to start or grow their portfolio. It's nice to um, it's nice to finally get you on and, and talk to you about the difference between, I suppose, the rift between you and, and buyers agents that's maybe like a, a perceived kind of thing. Um, it's been a pleasure and that's some great advice for, for anybody. Thanks for joining me, PK.
1: I'm super grateful and I'm also very grateful to all the all the buyers agents out there who do a good job for their clients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cheers.